Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth. Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Let's see, today is 1 April 2018, it's uh, Sunday, it's time for the Prophecy Update of the Week. Unless you're brain dead, you know that 1 April this year happens to fall on Resurrection Day. We're not celebrating April Fool's Day in this church, we're celebrating the resurrected Christ, all that he did for us. And so if you have never read what Jesus Christ did for you, the punishment that he endured You can read it online, or you can just simply watch our opening comments, which I post every week on the Superior Word channel. And Jim read a doctor's commentary on what Christ went through. It it is brutal to listen to. It is more brutal to mentally contemplate and to think of what he went through for us. Absolutely astonishing. So please watch that if you've never heard it. And I have um, something to announce. Uh, One month ago, on 25 February, We had a couple in here, and I had them on the Prophecy Update at the beginning, as I always do. It was uh, Dave, or Jake, he's called his nickname, uh, Jake and Sue Jacobs. And they were here. They were going to come back through here before they went back up north. And instead, they had to get home quickly. They got home, and he died on 25 March. And so what a day, what a day today to remember our beloved brother, Jake, who was here visiting with us because we have a sure hope in Jesus Christ. If you've never called on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you are not going to be resurrected unto eternal life. I'm sorry. Well, you will be resurrected, and it will be unto eternal death. And so everybody's going to spend eternity somewhere. We're all going to, and it's going to be either eternal life or it's going to be eternal corruption. And I would pray that you would make the right choice and you would solidify that in your life today. We're celebrating. I am not going to mourn the passing of Jake other than in my heart. I'm going to celebrate him being with Christ and the guaranteed resurrection to an eternal body for him. And uh, then I also have a bandana on, which is from Jim and Julie Herod. Now, they are not here today, but they were here on Thursday night Bible class. Very nice people. And they came through from Arizona. They stopped here. They're going down to Miami. And I told them if they have time, please come back through here. They can stay at my place and then head back home. It was a real treat to have them there at the Bible study. And they showed up. We had pizza that night. So it was pretty good. And also at Bible study, we were supposed to have our friends Tito and Jen Barameda. They're from the Philippines. They attend church online with us. And sometimes if you're an online viewer, you may see him posting, hey, I'm Tito, and I'm here watching today and all this. Well, anyway, they came. They were supposed to come from New York by train, get down here, take a uh, cab to the church and be here by Bible class time, and they didn't make it. And so I spent the morning with them until they had to leave to go back up to St. Petersburg. But I did something for them that I've never done for anybody in my life, is I cooked them breakfast. And Yeah, and so uh, I, I'm wondering if they're, they're over that sickness yet or not. But anyway, uh, it was a real pleasure having both the Herods and the Baramidas here. I want to thank them for the effort and just wish them happy travels as they go along. And our first category, as always, is Israel. As I said, it's Resurrection Day. It's the day that Christ was resurrected. I will say this now, and then I will try to remember to say it again at the end of the update, but I need to make sure I say it at least once, is that we have a new Sergio and Rhoda video. Okay, it's not one of the replayed ones. It's a brand new one. It's going to be played at halftime after the Prophecy Update and before the church for those online. If you weren't here on time today, then you need to make sure you watch it. And it will also be linked at the end of the Prophecy Update. I will have that linked for you so that you can just go click on that. And then immediately after that, after you watch that, there's a surprise. They filmed today in Israel in Israel, it's actually Palm Sunday among the community in Nazareth. It's not, um, they, they're celebrating Palm Sunday today based on a different calendar. But it was filmed this morning. He did a video for you. It was very interesting. And uh, that will be linked at the end of Sergio and Rhoda's video. Okay, so first the Prophecy Update, then click on the Sergio and Rhoda video at the end of it, which is 
right there, there'll be a link and it'll also be linked at the bottom of my video. And then from there, you want to watch the um, Palm Sunday celebration in Nazareth. It was really good. It was fun. And I will tell you this, just so that you know this in advance, is that the Sergio and Rhoda video this week was done not by Sergio. It was done by Rhoda as a surprise for Sergio. She's never done any video work in her life, and it was exceptional. So we want to just uh, congratulate her on doing that. She spent three weeks holed up in a room going, every time. I know, I do videos every Sunday, and I cannot deviate from what Sergio taught me at all. If I do, I have to call him, and he gets into my computer from Israel, 12 o'clock at night, fixing what I have messed up. So they're not easy to do, and she learned things that I could never do. So you'll love the video. Okay, our first article from Israel is from the Times of Israel. Just the title, UN Rights Council this past week, scoreboard. Five Israel resolutions against Israel. Syria, only two. So you can see how biased they are. Every time they have these get-togethers, it's always biased against Israel. From the Jerusalem Post, this is a little bit uh, more. It's the UNHRC that's doing this. Uh, UN Human Rights Council approves call for arms embargo against Israel. UNHRC approved five anti-Israel resolutions, including the one called Ensuring Accountability and Justice for All Violations of International Law in the Occupied Fakistanian Territory. Now, why the UN calls it Fakistine, I don't know, but I'm in agreement with that. So, anyway, including East Jerusalem. By a 27-4 vote with 15 abstentions, the UNHRC called upon all states to promote compliance under international law with regard to Israeli actions. Totally biased in that uh, this week... Nikki Haley said that if this continues on, we are out of the UNHRC completely, and we should be. We just bail out on that crummy organization. From the Times of Israel again, U.S. steps up threat. Oh, here it is, to quit UN rights body as five new anti-Israel resolutions pass. The U.S. warned that it was losing patience and again threatened to quit the UNHRC after the Geneva-based body adopted five resolutions condemning Israel. U.S. Ambassador Haley said that the council was grossly biased against Israel. Yes, and it's been that way all along, noting that it had adopted only three resolutions separately targeting North Korea, Iran, and Syria. So five against Israel, three against all the other three bad guys in the world. When the Human Rights Council treats Israel worse than North Korea, Iran, and Syria, it is the council itself that is foolish and unworthy of its name, she said. Our patience is not unlimited. Today's actions make clear that the organization lacks the credibility needed to be a true advocate for human rights. So there you go. That's our stand on that. From Israel Hayom, UN demands Israel compensate it, this is United Nations, for facilities damaged in the Gaza war. Now, does anybody remember what happened at those UN facilities? I got a head not shaking over here. Let me read this, and if it doesn't mention it, then I'll uh, let you know. It says, the UN Secretariat said that Israel was liable for the damage caused to UN facilities in the Gaza Strip during the 2014 war with Hamas and demanded restitution. The Secretariat maintains that schools run by the UNRWA for Fakistan refugees was damaged in Israeli strikes carried out during Operation Protective Edge. Israel has presented ample evidence, here it is, that the UN and UNRWA facilities were used by Hamas to hide weapons and launch rockets at Israel. Back when it happened, they had photos of them. They had photos of the launchers right by the school. Of course, it should be destroyed. The Secretariat, however, has made no attempt to demand similar restitution from the terrorist group that controls Gaza. Instead of making demands of Israel, the UN should ask Hamas for compensation for using it, the UN facilities, to harm civilians. So that's exactly what should happen. Israel should not give them a nickel. They should just snub their nose in the face of the UN as the UN does to Israel constantly. Totally biased, totally one-sided. From uh, Something just came to mind. I'm, I'm going to say this because uh, I want to make sure I get this out so you can go look it up. We read um, in a sermon or two ago, it was two, one sermon ago, it was on the uh, curses of Israel. I read something about the state of Israel for the past 2,000 years from Mark Twain. He described the land, he described how many people were in there, etc. And this past week, somebody sent me 
a list of all kinds of stuff that he had collected about Israel over the years. And one of them, he had a little arrow pointing to a statement by John F. Kennedy. And so I took that statement, I put it into the scroll bar, and I found the, this is when he was a senator. I found his commentary that he gave as a senator about Israel. And it supports exactly what Mark Twain had said. He acknowledges right in the Senate that Israel had nothing. He was there in the 30s and he saw it. And so we know that this is true. We know that the Fakistinian lie is exactly that. It is a lie. This is all being pushed on the world. We have the evidence. We have recorded evidence. And as Simon Greenleaf says, any document that is supposedly is kept in the proper repository and has no marks of uh, forgery on it is to be considered as historical and true unless it can be disproved. Well, Mark Twain is historical, it's true, and it will never be disproved. So we have the proof of these things. Uh, Simon Greenleaf, by the way, was the principal founder of Harvard Law School. So uh, the reason why he became a Christian was because he was not a Christian at the time. He was a professor and he said that uh, he, he was in class doing his stuff, professor stuff, and one of the students said, well, why don't you believe in Jesus? And he says, well, that's just a book and it's myth and everything, and the student challenged him. He said, listen, you're a lawyer. Do a study. Prove it wrong. And he, this is, this is a man of integrity. He said, okay, I will. He checked out the Bible. He did a, he's the father of what we call um, judicial apologetics. That means defending the Bible from a judicial standpoint. He went through it in a legal manner, and he said, I can come to no other conclusion that this is the word of God. This is true, and he became a Christian, but he's also the principal founder of uh, Harvard Law School. So no dummy, and he, he knows exactly what it takes to validate something in history, and Mark Twain has done it, and it's followed through with John F. Kennedy. So there you go. From the Jerusalem Post, something interesting happened this past week. If you watch Prophecy websites or read Prophecy News, then you already know this. Take a one-minute nap, but here we go. From the Jerusalem Post, 2,000-year-old coins from the Great Revolt discovered in time for Passover. They found them this past week. Coins dating from the Roman-Jewish War, 66 through 73 CE, which I hate that term, common era, it should be AD, were discovered by archaeologists in a cave near the south wall of the Temple Mount on Monday. Okay, The discovery of dozens of coins in the center of ancient Jerusalem, bearing the inscription, To Freedom! To save Zion is of special importance during this period when the Jewish state is preparing to celebrate Passover and the freedom of the Jewish people 2,000 years later. With God, there are no coincidences. I want you to know that. Another unusual phenomenon in regards to this discovery is that, now listen to this, think of this. Such a large cave, which was partially visible, remained isolated after the destruction of the Second Temple and for thousands of years it was virtually untouched people walk by it every single day there's a little hole in the ground nobody went in to say i wonder what's in there and then they're out there doing their their stuff and somebody says i wonder what's in there the week before passover and they find these coins and some of them were in just wonderful shape amazing and this has happened how many times in the past generation where something is found right in time to validate once again that Israel is Israel. They belong in that land. They own that land, and God took them out for their own disobedience, and now he has sovereignly put them back there. I don't agree with Israel's policies of the day because they are not right with the Lord, right? I don't agree with their policies of homosexual mayors. I don't agree with this and that, but I support them because God has planted them there. That's why I support them, okay? I'm not a fan of the Knesset and all of the decisions they make. Right? The things that they do in their government are not right. They're not directed to the Lord. But God has put them there. And so I would be a fool to not support them as an individual body that the Lord is bringing into that point where they will call on him. Unfortunately, as it says in the book of Zechariah, two-thirds of them are going to die before that happens. So there's going to be immense carnage in Israel. But Israel will stand from Israel today. Third Temple Alert. This is something that made all of the prophecy websites as well, but I wanted to let you that don't read those things know. Uh, police authorized Passover sacrifice next to the Temple Mount. Now, they have been having Passover sacrifices in Israel for these past years, and every year they get up to the Temple Mount and they say, I'm sorry, you can't do that here. This year, they finally authorized it right next to the Western Wall. So this is something that the government is now 
authorizing, whereas before it wasn't. You can see how closely we're getting to the time where they will actually rebuild that temple and they will actually start sacrificing to the Lord. Not correctly. It's Jesus that they're supposed to be worshiping. It's he that is the fulfillment of the law. In Christ, the law is annulled. It is obsolete and it is set aside. According to the book of Hebrews, according to Paul, it is nailed to the cross. Okay, Christ died on the cross. That means the law died. But Israel has seven more years of law left. That's Daniel 9, 24 through 27. We need to make sure that we support Israel, that we understand that what they are doing is part of God's plan, but it is not in accord with them calling on Jesus yet. This is going to lead them to that. Very important to make our distinctions. We don't want to just blindly follow Israel because they're Jews. We want to follow Jesus, and we want to say they are working towards becoming followers of Yeshua, the Messiah. Okay, from JTA, Rabbi says meat from genetically cloned pig could be eaten by Jews, including with milk. They won't eat meat and milk together. Yes, this is absolutely true. A prominent Orthodox rabbi in Israel said that meat from a genetically cloned pig would be kosher for consumption by Jews, including when eaten with dairy products. Rabbi Yuval Cherlo told Wynette that cloned meat is not subject to the rules that apply to the consumption of regular meat. So they're just going around the law, aren't they? I mean, this is just typical rabbinic stuff here, but it's still kind of cute. Cherlo is quoted as saying that cloned meat produced from a pig shall not be defined as prohibited for consumption, including with milk. When the cell of a pig is used and its genetic material is utilized in the production of food, the cell, in fact, loses its original identity and therefore cannot be defined as forbidden for consumption. Churlo said it wouldn't even be meat, so you can consume it with dairy. Okay, I will say this. I can't wait to have my first slab of kosher bacon, but if you want to know why they chose the meats that are forbidden, the meats that are allowed, the fish that can be eaten, the seafood that can't be eaten, it is a picture. It is not something that pigs are unclean in and of themselves. Anybody that was at IHOP with me yesterday knows that. It was delicious, and I'm as healthy as I can be today. Um, people that are over 100, invariably, they ask them questions. They say, what is your secret to success? They usually say, I have a glass of wine every day, and about half of them say, I eat several pieces of bacon every day. So it has nothing to do with health. It has nothing to do with longevity. What it has to do with is pictures of Christ. Go back and watch the Leviticus 11 sermons, and you will understand the pig's hoofs are clove, but they're not fully divided. Well, what is that picturing? It's picturing rightly dividing the word of God. The scales mean something in a biblical context. The, uh, all of them, the hair, the, all of the animals are named. I went through every one of them. The root words tell you that there is a New Testament fulfillment in Christ. That is why they have these dietary laws, these Hebrew roots movement people that say that you shouldn't be eating pork and all this. They're crazy. Okay, that is absolutely bad theology. It is heretical. It is anti-Christ work. That is exactly what it is. And so please stay away from that type of really bad theology. But if you want uh, pork even in Israel now, you can have kosher pig. Yay. Okay, from the Times of Israel. IDF. Hamas cynically sent a seven-year-old girl to breach the Gaza border. So they have all of these people coming. You know what? I'm talking to Sergio and Rodi yesterday, and they're talking about how peaceful it was where they are, and all of these people are protesting down on the border. And she, had, she made a great point. She said, why do they have to protest right on the border? Why do they have to bring guns to the border? Why do they have to cause trouble right at the border? Because they know that they are going to get shot. They're going to get, their families are going to get martyr pay. For the rest of their lives, they're going to get a stipend. They're going to supposedly get a free ticket to heaven, which is they're getting a free ticket to the opposite place. But um, thirdly, they will get Israel in trouble. Sergio watched all of the European news yesterday, and he said they started out every single news article with how bad Israel was killing 17 Fakistinians. They're the ones that went there intentionally trying to get killed, and they're taking children and doing it as well. They're trying to get children shot so that it's even worse. The outcry against Israel is bogus. It is complete bogus. It's a uh, typical left-wing type of ploy that we see in our government. That's what they're doing with the things that are happening in Israel. So it's from the Jerusalem Post. Israeli stealth fighters 
fly over Iran. That was the most important article that came out over this past week. I'm not going to read you the article. You've got the picture. They took their stealth fighters and they flew over Iran. Why do you think they did that? It's called showing them and testing the waters. Oh, it's too cold. I can't go in. No, it's nice and warm. We're going to fly in there and we now have the ability to get into your territory and you can't see us. He showed them. And secondly, they now know that they can get in there without being detected. So Iran had better watch out because these guys are coming and they're going to come fast if, if, if it's time. Yes, hard. Okay, so here we go. I'm Christian News today. I'm not going to make a big commentary about this, okay? I'm just going to let you know. If you didn't hear this, some atheists said that the Pope said that there is no hell, that, that uh, hell isn't real, okay? The Pope said that this past week. A couple things. First, he may have said it, but one, it was in an interview without any recording. It was an interview without any notes. He had a, a talk with an atheist, and the atheist made this claim. It may be true. It may not be true. It is irrelevant. The Vatican has yet to come down and definitively re-identify the situation, okay? But in addition to that, um, they if they come out and they redefine it and they say that the statement of the Pope is true, which they won't, then the entire premise of the Catholic Church will fold with it. Yes. Okay, I want you to understand that because we go to church because there really is a hell and we want to avoid that place and we want to be pleasing to our Savior. I've said this a million times. The Universalist Church, which is right there on Proctor Road, if you want to go attend, right? They teach there's no hell. Nobody, everybody goes to heaven when you die. So my thought is that is the stupidest thing in the world. You go one time, you say, okay, and then never go again. Why would you bother? I'm going to heaven. It doesn't matter what I do, right? Well, if they came out in the uh, Catholic Church and they were to say that there's no hell, then they would lose a lot of people, okay? So I got today from Australia. I had somebody else try to do a limerick, and uh, he sent it to me about this particular issue, and I thought I'd read it to you. This is my friend Daryl Kibble over in Australia. He said, um, the Pope recently said there's no hell, yet continues to ring indulgences bell. So why there's continued weeping and gnashing of teeth? As his pedophile priests head straight underneath, Pope Francis' vision of shepherds to the sheep sure does smell. So that's a pretty good job. Anyway, I thank Daryl for that. That's all the commentary I have on it until we have more information. But um, uh, one more thing before we actually get into our first Christian article is that I have all the emails I need now to submit to Sarasota County. Nobody else needs to send any in. The people that sent them in this week, I didn't count them. But the people that sent them in, I thank them. We got another 100 this week and probably four or 500 before that. You know, typical, I won't say it. I'll keep my mouth quiet about that. But anyway, um, yes, I, I want to thank everybody that did that. And they will be submitted to the county. And we'll just see what the Sarasota County does with it. So thank all of you. From CBN, Christian teacher dismissed for saying God loves you to lesbian student. This is something that is typical over in the UK. It's getting worse. A UK I brought it up in a previous update. And now they've actually gone through the trial and dismissed her. A UK employment tribunal dismissed the discrimination claim by a Christian teacher dismissed by a UK government-funded pre-apprenticeship academy for answering students' questions about her beliefs. Svetlana Powell, a teacher of some 17 years of experience, was dismissed by the T2 Apprenticeship Academy in Bristol in July 2016. That's when we reported on it. After being asked by students, they asked, okay, about her views on homosexuality. Gee, can you tell us? She gives it, and then she's in trouble for it, right? Um, let's see here. She was also reported as a radicalization threat. Oh. We're talking about people that go into malls and pull strings and blow themselves and 50 people up. She's, she's equated with that, right? Radicalization threat to the government's anti-terrorist watchdog. Yes, prevent, uh, let's see here. Oh, the watchdog name prevent. In reply to a question by a 17-year-old student, Miss Powell said that her personal belief well, that's her first error. You should say the word of God says. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't matter what you think. All that matters is what this word says. Your opinion about this word is irrelevant. If it's wrong, if it's taken out of context, if it's not in proper dispensations, etc., it doesn't matter. All that matters is what this says in context, okay? But that was her personal belief was that homosexuality was against God's will, okay? But that he loved every person, regardless of what they did or who they were. 
that is true. He loves all. God is love. He doesn't love you any more than he loved Adolf Hitler or vice versa. God is love, but God is just. He is righteous. He is. He must judge sin. So we have to make sure we get our categories right. When told that one of the students identified as a lesbian, Miss Powell turned to her and said, God loves you. Two days later, the Academy's HR officer told Miss Powell that she was fired for gross misconduct with immediate effect. So she should have said what? God hates you? Right. The Academy's chief safeguarding officer told the tribunal that after a group of students complained that they were brainwashed and preached to, which they had asked for, by the way, remember that? She decided to contact the local coordinator for Prevent, the government's counterterrorism strategy group, to report the incident. So here she is now labeled in England as a terrorist because she said God loves you to a lesbian. All right? Right part. Paul, apostle of Christ, critics hate it. The people love it. Now, I did get a couple people that sent me their comments, and they didn't like the movie. But it's a movie that's out, Jim Caviezel. And the reason why is a valid one. I haven't seen it. I won't see it until it comes on Netflix. If it does not follow the Bible properly, then it's not a good movie. I don't care. And one person in particular, a good friend of mine, said this doesn't really follow the Bible. Now, you have to understand whether it's the Passion of the Christ or whether it's the Life of David or whatever, they're making a movie. They have to fill up an hour and a half, and sometimes they're using three paragraphs, right? So we have to understand that, that there is going to be artistic license in one of these things. But if it doesn't follow the Bible, if it's actually not in accord with the Bible, then it shouldn't be watched at all. But if it's something that just adds in things to make it a story, that's Hollywood. Okay, so I haven't seen it. I'm just telling you how these things work. Those critics who bothered or who were given an opportunity to review the latest faith-based movie, Paul the Apostle of Christ, dumped all over it at a 75% rate. The audience score, however, is a healthy 93% approval, according to Rotten Tomatoes. Opening wide in 1,473 theaters, Paul the Apostle of Christ stars Jim Caviezel and tells the story of St. Paul who, as Saul of Tarsus, was a fierce persecutor and murderer of Christians. After his famous conversion on the road to Damascus, Saul became Paul and filled with the Holy Ghost became one of the most important figures in early Christianity. 14 of the 27 books in the New Testament are attributed to Paul. Actually, it's 13. The 14th is attributed to him, but it's not signed by him. It's the book of Hebrews. It is written by Paul. If you want to know how, email me and I'll tell you how you can validate that. But one of them is that Peter, there are several ways you can tell, but one of them is that Peter cites Paul, he says the letter that he wrote to you. And who was Peter writing to? The Hebrew people, right? So we know that Paul wrote the Hebrews a letter. So that's one internal clue, but there are others which go into the Greek itself. E.W. Bollinger did a great study on all of the Greek words, including the words of Paul, how many times they were used. If you throw in the book of Hebrew, it comes out to a perfect match of biblical perfection. Marvelous. So anyway, there you go. There are some other clues as well, but for the most part, those are the two, so you don't have to email me. They what? Yeah, well, that's right. Well, back then, they well, yeah, they did. Okay. CNS, um, report, Europe's youth abandoning Christianity. No surprise there. A new report reveals that European youth ages 16 to 29 have abandoned the Christianity of their ancestors in large numbers. And now many young people in some countries, more than 50%, do not identify with any religion at all. In addition, large majorities of young Europeans say they never pray. Very sad state of affairs over in Europe. It's a secular society, a godless society pretty much. And you know, when you have trouble, the first thing you always say is, oh, God. But the rest of the time, you just don't care. From the Christian Post, LGBT activist target Trump's pro-life Christian delegate at the United Nations label her anti-trans. Well, I'd love that label. I'd love that label. Bethany Kosma, who was appointed by President Trump to be senior advisor to the Office of Gender Equality and Women's Empowerment at USAID, is being targeted by left-wing activists for reportedly saying in a closed-door meeting at the UN that the US is a pro-life nation, which it is. I mean, it, it is in policy, at least by our president, and for previously speaking out against gender identity policy in public schools. The Trump admin has publicly adopted a pro-life stance in its international relations, reinstating and expanding the Mexico City policy shortly after taking office, which restricts federal funding from going to organizations that advocate, promote, or perform abortions overseas. One of the first things he did. 
I know that he signed a budget with Planned Parenthood in it, and I'm going to talk about that before we finish today. So hold on to your your anger, okay? Outright Action International and international LGBT, LMNOPQ activist groups issued a statement this week demanding that COSMA be removed from the delegation. So you can't have personal opinions anymore as, as long as you're on the right. If you're on the left, you can say every perverse thing on the planet and nobody cares, right? So... Um, Remover calling her an anti-trans activist who has collaborated with the Family Research Council, which it claims is a registered hate group. Well, yeah, against the Southern Poverty Law Center, anybody that says Jesus is Lord is a hate group. I mean, they got churches all over the place. All they do is preach Jesus, and they're hate groups. So, heck with that. Gateway Pundit. President Trump wishes Americans Happy Easter, Passover. Quotes scripture. During the sacred holiday of Passover, this is Trump speaking, not me, it's me quoting him. During the sacred holiday of Passover, Jewish families around the world give thanks to God for liberating the Jewish people from bondage in Egypt and delivering them to the promised land of Israel. For Christians, we remember the suffering and death of God's only son and his glorious resurrection on the third day. He got that right. Guess what? It says it 13 times in the New Testament. He resurrected on the third day, Sunday, Saturday, Friday. If you want to see the study, don't argue with me. Just send me an email and I'll show you where you're wrong when you say it's Thursday or, or Wednesday. It wasn't. Okay. Anyway, um, on Easter Sunday, we proclaim with joy, Christ is risen. God's love redeems the world. In America, we look to the light of God to guide our steps. We trust the, in the power of the Almighty for wisdom and strength. And we praise our Heavenly Father for the blessings of freedom and the gift of eternal life. Did you hear any of this in the past eight years? Oh, no. 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 We have a president that loves the Lord now, and he is willing to at least exalt him in public. Okay, he quoted Isaiah 62, verse uh, 2 and 3, to remind Americans, 60 verses 2 and 3, to remind Americans God will be our everlasting light. Happy Easter, America. And he closed. Now, Easter, because this is another thing that people continuously beat each other up over. Easter, people don't like to use that term. They say it's from pagan origins. Well, first, even if it is, even if it is, 90% of the words in English that we use for just saying, you know, I boy, I was fortunate that with that one, I, they're all from pagan origins in some way or another. We use words to convey a meaning. Secondly, the etymology of the word Easter is from the uh, Saxon, which is the word E-A-S-T-R-E, Easter. That's how they spelled it, okay? That's the etymology of the word. It goes back to Ostern in German, all right? Now, having said that, the British still can't get things right. They often say, like, luster, L-U-S-T-R-E. We just turn around and make the E before the R. So we get it right, okay? We came to America to get our language right. I'm picking on the people in England right now. But um, uh, that is the etymology of the word. And Easter means, does anybody know what Easter means? It means east. That is the word Easter in the Saxon meant the direction east. So here we have a picture being made. Jesus Christ was conceived at the darkest time of the year, during the winter solstice. He was resurrected when the sun was east. It's a picture. Remember where people were, where Adam and Eve were kicked out of? They were kicked out of a place called the Garden of Eden, and they were cast east. Thank you. It's a picture of Christ rising, triumphing over what Adam had done. So don't send me emails saying I shouldn't say Easter. It's a celebration of what, oh, you get them all the time. People are crazy. We have to say this. Now, I will agree. I say Resurrection Day because he was resurrected on this day, and I want to make sure that people know what I'm talking about. But don't be crazy when somebody says the term Happy Easter. It's a picture of what Christ has done for us using the word East. He is prevent. What's that? Use the term about being holier because. Oh yeah, narcissistic pietism. People that think they're more holy because they say one word instead of another word, or they they you know they don't eat pork and you eat pork. These are narcissistic pietists that have no fellowship with Jesus Christ of the Bible. That's none. I'm sorry. They, they, they misuse his name. They call him Yahshua or some crazy. His name was Yeshua. His name means salvation. That is his name, Yeshua. Okay? 
There we go. But we call him Jesus, and you can go through the transliteration from the Hebrew to the Greek to the English, and it's, you got the J, which eventually becomes hard instead of silent, but it follows all the way down. I'm not going to get into all that now. We do it in the Bible studies. Watch, watch the Bible studies, and you'll learn something other than prophecy. Okay, Prophecy is an important part of the Bible, but it's not the only part of the Bible. Okay, from Islam today, total waste, I call this, from Aretz Shiva, two arrests and brutal murder of Paris Holocaust survivor. Yes, two men have been arrested over the murder of an 85-year-old Jewish woman whose body was found after a fire broke out in her Paris apartment. An autopsy conducted on the woman who lived alone showed she had been stabbed 11 times before Friday's blaze. The investigation has uncovered elements suggesting there was not an anti-Semitic motive, which later was refuted. They found out it was, but this possibly has not yet been excluded. Okay, this is from the beginning of the week. It is anti-Semitic. Um, and it's also not just anti-Semitic, it's Islamic radicalism. Okay, her granddaughter wrote on the Facebook page that her grandmother had been murdered by a Muslim neighbor. Now listen to this last sentence. One of the suspects was a regular visitor of Knowles, whom she treated like a son and who had visited her that day. So she treated him well, she fed him, she took care of him, and they stabbed her 11 times and burned her. That's typical what you expect. You invite a snake into your house, the snake is going to bite you. Jerusalem Post, Gaza's clean water project gets a half a billion euro boost. That's a half a billion dollars that's going to be utterly wasted. They're digging, I'll finish, I'll give you Netanyahu's comments on this in a minute. Donors in Brussels pledged 456 million euros to build a desalinization plant in Gaza, which will provide clean drinking water to the two million Palestinians living in the Strip. It won't do them any good because they don't have any power. Because Hamas keeps stealing their power, as we talked about last week. The only people that give them power is who? Israel. The Palestinian Authority on the other side won't. Egypt won't. Only Israel gives them power, and they don't have enough for three hours a day for the people. Desalinization takes an immense amount of power to run. An immense amount. It's just wasted money. This is the biggest ever investment project in Gaza. It will meet the most urgent water needs in Gaza, providing drinking water at the same time contributing to the economic growth, environmental sustainability, and stability. The funds pledged for the works project make up 80% of the total 562.3 million euros needed. The EU plans to provide 77 million euros for the project. On April 15th, the European Investment Bank will start the process leading up to the anticipated three-year construction period. Hahn told the delegations of the 42 countries, including Israel and 20 European Union member states who are participating in the conference, that their presence was encouraging and provided hope for the Palestinian people. Okay, why not? As IDF keeps destroying tunnels, Hamas rebuilds old ones. Okay, so they're, they're spending their money which they've been given billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars for these past 25, 30 years, and they have nothing there. It's a sewer hole. Hamas is diverting its resources to a different route, cheaper than its flagship plan to dig attack tunnels against Israel, rebuilding underground tunnels and spaces that were neutralized by the IDF during Operation Protective Edge and putting them back into operation. So instead of starting new tunnels, they're just going back into the old ones. And there were more than 30 such tunnels along the Gazan border. This trend has been detected by intelligence officials in the Southern Command who are monitoring Hamas's tunnel project. The change is likely being implemented in response to Israel's new anti-tunnel technologies. Nevertheless, the IDF believes Hamas is still digging additional tunnels as well. From the Times of Israel, here's Netanyahu's response to what I read you a moment ago. Netanyahu warns donors to Gaza their aid money is being buried in tunnels. That's exactly what's happening. Prime Minister Netanyahu warned the international community that its aid money to the Gaza Strip was being used by terror groups to build tunnels for attacking Israel, hours after the military said that it had destroyed two such passages. It is time for the international community to recognize that Gaza aid money is being buried underground, addressing recent attempts at the UN to raise funds for Gaza, which is facing a severe humanitarian crisis, a self-inflicted one, by the way. We keep seeing Israel week after week sending money in and help. They're the only ones doing it. Everybody else has cut them off to make them a wedge against the Arab world and against Israel. Well, the Arab world has figured this out. They are now siding with Israel on most of these issues, and only Iran, Hezbollah, 
Hezbollah and the other Iranian proxies are the ones that are supporting this continued type of stuff here. It's there you go. And it's exactly what Ezekiel 38 says, by the way. So, okay. Let's see here. Whoever thought they could attack us from underground has come up against an iron wall, he said, referring to an Israeli wall being built underneath the border to thwart tunnel building. Hamas invested billions in its tunnel project, and now they're drowning in the sand. I recommend that Hamas invest its money in the welfare of the citizens of Gaza, because by the end of the year, its tunnel project will be destroyed. Yeah, might as well give it to the citizens, but they won't do it. Mongolia today from Xinhua Net. Freight train service linking North China, Mongolia, launched. A new freight train service between Kaofedian port in North China's Hebei province and Ulaanbaatar, capital of Mongolia, was launched Monday. Departing from Kaofedian port, a train loaded with electrical appliances, furniture, and raw materials will travel via Aaron Hot Port in North China's Inner Mongolia Autonomous Region and finally arrive in Ulaanbaatar. This was the first international freight train service launched in Tangshan City. Steel products and construction materials produced in Tangshan would be exported to Mongolia and European countries through the new route. Kalfe Dian Port will also be built to access the China-Mongolia-Russia Economic Corridor. Kalfaidian is an economic development zone in Bohai Bay, about 200 kilometers east of Beijing. So there you go, more stuff going through Mongolia and off to Europe as well. Daniel 12 technology today. Walmart begins testing shelf scanning robots in California that can check entire aisles in 90 seconds. 90 seconds. Walmart has brought its robots to stores in Milpitas in San Jose, California, where our friends Tito and Jen, who visited here, they're right now in San Jose. Hi, Tito. Hi, Jen. It's also testing the shelf-scanning robots in Arkansas and Pennsylvania. The six-foot-tall robots come with tower that is fitted with cameras that scan aisles. Can identify missing and misplaced items, incorrect prices, and mislabeling. Now, listen to this last sentence and laugh. Walmart executives say installing the robots won't lead to replacing human jobs. (laughs) From InfoWars, this is just very spooky. This is just really very spooky, and it's real. I went to the site. Samsung site wipes your memory so that you can rewatch TV shows. Oh, no. Yes, Stop yes. No. Unspoil Me, it's called Unspoil Me, was launched in January. And it is, av- I went to the site. It was launched in January and it is available through the company's Swedish site. I'm going to give you the link. You can go here. It's on samsung.com backslash se backslash unspoil me backslash English or E-N-G, Okay. And if you want it, just I'll, I'll send you the link. I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it to you right now. Here we go. The 23-minute procedure, here we go, is a guided hypnosis which tells you to focus on the show you want to erase from your memory. Now you know. Yes. As it shows a hypnotic pattern and walks you through series of instructions. The process is billed as a way to experience all of your favorite TV shows for the first time using Samsung's QLED TV. Unspoil Me promises to erase only memories of the TV series, movie, or video you choose and claims you can do it as many times as you want for various shows. You won't forget anything you don't want to, Okay. The site explains hypnosis is a natural state and is completely safe. People who suffer from epilepsy or mental illness, however, are advised to not undergo the process. Well, I got to tell you, I did not click on the site. I didn't go through and watch the whole thing. Um, I started to and I thought maybe I'd better not because... I someday want to watch the Star Trek series and I don't want to have it ruined, you know, in my mind. So someday I'm going to watch Star Trek. That's a joke. You all know I've seen every one of them every time. Okay. I, I think the left should do that about the election. Uh, yes, yes. The left should just un-election un- un- their minds so that they can get over it. Get over it. Revelation. That's a real site and it really is what they, re- they, they really say it'll work. You get hypnotized via the internet. Revelation plagues today. Mail online. Antibiotic demand has surged 65% since 2000. When we talk about these things and you wonder how the world is going to come into the plagues that are described, 
right here. Now, now they the, the title was wrong, so I'm gonna I'm gonna read the title differently. I always try to give you the right title, but it says now 24.5 billion dose prescriptions are written each year. It actually said 25 4.5 billion are written each day. Well, there are 25.4 billion people on the planet times seven, right? So it, it's each year. I checked the 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 graph. So just so you know, the title says each day. It actually is each year, driving us closer to resistance that will cause a global public health crisis. Global antibiotic consumption increased by 65% between 2000 and 2015 as more people take antibiotics. The bacterial infections they treat are more likely to evolve and become resistant to the drugs. Resistance could spread across the globe, making our most treatable infections deadly. About 30% of antibiotic prescriptions are unnecessary. A global team of researchers urges that we are in peril of making easily treatable infections invincible if overprescription continues. So very scary stuff happening there. Um, Thor, you came in. Faith, you're here. Come up here. I want to I show you something. Come up here. All right. And I'm going to get into morality while she's walking up here. From CNN. No, I just want you to come up. Thor's, oh. Thor's been, come here. I just want you to stand next to me for a minute. I want okay. you to sit down far enough where this is faith that I was talking about before my son came in. Okay. Oh. I'm not going to say what, I'm not going to tell oh, them geez. what we were talking about. They can watch the update, but you go on. Good to see you, Faith. All right. I just wanted everybody to know that uh, we have a beautiful uh, uh, person that uh, goes out to dinner with us to the uh, Korean restaurant every month. Anyway, um, let's see here from uh, Morality CNN. Meet Pakistan's. Pakistan. Huh? Pakistan. Meet Pakistan's first transgender news anchor. Now imagine that. In Pakistan, the world is really going down quickly. Yes, a 21-year-old journalist is making headlines in Pakistan by becoming the country's first transgender news anchor. Pakistan's social networks were abuzz following Marvia Malik's first on-air appearance on March 23rd. In the days since, she's gone viral across Facebook and Twitter. Malik is pleased with the attention that she, which is actually he, received, but insists more needs to be done when it comes to improving the lives of Pakistan's trans community. I can't believe they allowed this in this... Wow. According to Pakistan's most recent census, there are close to 10,000 individuals who identify as transgender across the country of almost 200 million people. Earlier this month, the country's Senate, listen to this, passed a bill to protect the rights of the country's transgender community. This is Pakistan. Wow. The bill's provisions include enabling individuals the right to change their gender on national identity cards, inherit property, and not be discriminated against if pursuing a seat in public office. Wow, that is amazing. LifeSite. Tennessee legislature, I love Tennessee, they always do the right thing, passes a bill to defund Planned Parenthood abortion chain. The measure comes after the abortion business was exposed selling the body parts of aborted babies across the country. The House overwhelmingly passed the legislation by a lopsided vote of 74 to 15 to 1. The Senate passed the legislation on March 5th by a vote of 25 to 1 to 1. If signed by the governor, SB 2494, HB 2262 will permanently establish the first priority for distribution of the funds will be given to the public health departments, the policy of Haslam administration since 2011. The governor is going to sign this, so I write it now. Normally, I wait until it's signed. He's going to do it. So we're, we have a very, very strong uh, influence there, positive influence in Tennessee at this point. It's the state, I've said this before, but it's the state that still has on its constitution, the two categories of people are not allowed to serve in public office in Tennessee. The first is ministers of the gospel of Jesus Christ, because it says right in their constitution, we don't want that to disturb the legislative duties of a lawmaker to d disturb or interfere with a higher calling. Right in their constitution. The second is atheists because they're morally unqualified to make decisions. Tennessee? CNS. Cecil Richards, the uh, chief C wacko of uh, Planned Murderhood. Planned Murderhood provides testing at your favorite local gay bar Saturday night at 1 a.m. This is a tweet she made. Yes. She's insane. Americans can get tested by the nation's largest abortion provider at your favorite gay bar. 
Even after midnight on weekends, Planned Murderhood President Cecil Richards said, Richards made the claim in a tweet touting the privacy of our health centers. You can come to Planned Murderhood to get testing, treatment, and the support of your need in the privacy of our health centers. Or at your favorite local gay bar where our staff has been known to be doing testing on Saturday night at 1 a.m. Richards did not explain what type of testing her staff performs in gay bars. Absolutely crazy. And we're giving this half a billion dollars a year to this organization. LifeSite News. Did Toys R Us hasten its own demise by donating to Planned Murderhood? You talk about a conflict of interest in your business, you're going to support something that's killing your, you know, your, the people that are supposed to be getting your toys. Absolutely crazy. There we go. Our other category, I entitled this Trumpish Indeed. Now, I know that we have had a budget that a lot of people were unhappy about. Kyle was apoplectic over it, and he's one of the people that said, I won't be here today. I so appreciate when people do that. So I'm not going to be in church today. I'm going to worship with my father. And I was like, praise the Lord. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed, right? Okay, so uh, anyway, he was upset about it. I'm upset about it. But listen to this article, and maybe, maybe there is something going on that is being prepared in the back, something that he signed a while ago. Here we go. The American Thinker. President Trump hints he may use defense budget to build the border wall now. And there's a lot more involved than just the border wall. Listen, this is a wonderful article. Pay attention. This is wonderful. President Trump tweeted something very suggestive, indicating that he may use the powers of the executive to work around the $1.3 trillion abominations limitations, meaning the budget, on the border wall. Build wall through M is what his tweet said. Sounds like a plan that John Salisbury outlined in a Twitter thread. Rather than embed each tweet, I will post their contents below. One, let's talk about what the president can and can't do for this omnibus bill. There's a lot of discussion both ways, so let's examine how money gets allocated and spent in the U.S. government. Now, these are his points. Number one, Congress allocates money to be spent. The president spends the allocated money. Two, once Congress allocates money, their job of oversight of the money being spent, they don't spend the money and have no say how it gets spent as long as it's spent legally. That's their job to monitor with oversight. Okay. Three, once the president is given the money with the instructions to spend it, he has a number of choices to make in spending it. There are some rules he has to follow and some of the money is fungible. My old girlfriend that I dated in high school, her name was Twinkle. Yes, Twinkle. Twinkle Yoakum. Her mother attends church online. She loves the Bible studies. Very smart lady. And uh, she, she, this word here is her nemesis word, fungible. She said, I've read three definitions of the word fungible and I still don't understand it. And she got a million people commenting on it. It means money that can be transferred from one place in place of another, like that kind of. Okay. Anyway, Karen, we love you. All right. Um, let's see here. She, when I traveled around the, the country in 2010 and preached at all 50 capitals, she gave me a house to stay in. Okay, it was out on the Bayou Tesh. She lived down the road in another house, and she had one. This is one of the smartest ladies you will ever meet. She's an author. She writes really good books. And she, I walked into this house, and everywhere were stacks of books this high, higher, and you had to wind between them. It was like her little own library. It was just this teeny little house. And so she allowed me to sleep in there as I was traveling around. And it meant so much to me. But I thought, this lady is well-versed. You, her friend on Facebook, you're going to see somebody that is, one, very intelligent. And two, she's very funny. Oh, boy. Uh, anyway, so there you go. Just thought I'd throw that in there because fungible is her nemesis word. Um, some of the money is fungible and some of it isn't. However, there are some other factors that are in play here. One of them is that the president has declared a human rights emergency and has notified Congress that he's invoking the Balanced Budget and Emergency Deficit Control Act of 1985, something that's been out there, and he says, I'm going to do this. This opens up new options. That's five. Opens up new options. Six, by making these two declarations, President Trump has just communicated that he has the authority to not spend any funds that he doesn't deem as necessary and will return them to the U.S. Treasury. So, so... Funds for planned murderhood, he can simply not allocate the funds. This man is not a dummy. 
He is not a dummy, and I wouldn't be surprised if this happens. Now, he said he'll never uh, sign another budget like he did, so we may fund it one year, but he ain't going to do it again. But he's already got this in play, and my guess is he's going to cut their funding. Good man. All right, seven. Also, the declarations make some funds fungible. There's that word again, Karen. For instance, if he determines that building a wall on the southern border is a defense against human trafficking... He can move funds from anywhere else in the Defense Department allocation and simply build the wall. Eight, Congress is powerless to stop cash reallocations on an omnibus bill and cannot stop the DOD from taking measures under declared emergency. Nine, despite their language in the omnibus bill about the border wall, it is trumped, <laughs> trumped by the state of emergency that Trump declared. So in summary... This will go out to the courts. Congress will sue the president over the border wall, but here's how it will play out. Congress and the president are co-equal branches with different functions. Congress allocates, the president spends. The president has national security as his primary responsibility. And if it's his job to use whatever funds and declarations he needs to do for that job, yep. No court in this nation except corrupt on-the-take judges, which are all on the left, would ever rule against a president for exercising that authority. In the end, the Supreme Court, yes, that's where it will end, will fully validate the president's constitutional authority, and the wall will be built. This has got Mulvaney's fingerprints all over it. Note that Nick Mulvaney, head of the OMB, outmaneuvered and outsmarted Elizabeth Warren's cat's paws at the Consumer Financial Protection Board and became simultaneously the director there in order to begin dismantling its burdensome regulations. Taking advantage of Warren's design, he is now immune from congressional oversight there. There is little doubt that he is highly skilled at using bureaucratic and legal frameworks. So we may see some real, real improvement really quickly. None of this could happen. None of this could happen if it was a budget. That's exactly right. We should be very happy that we have a person that is thinking in the White House for the first time in many, many years. The last time that happened was one of only two times I ever cried in the military. I cried when the space shuttle Challenger blew up. I woke up hearing that news in Japan. And the second time was the day that my president, that I'd never served any, under any other president than Ronald Reagan, left office. And I broke down in tears. And we finally have somebody with a brain in there once again. Mail online. Trump administration reinstates a citizenship question on the 2020 census for the first time since 1950, but California and now other states immediately claim it is illegal. Commerce Department said on Monday next census will ask about citizenship. The administration says that the additional data will help enforce the Voting Rights Act, which it should. The citizenship question was asked on the decennial census from 1820 until 1950, so nothing illegal about it. Democrats fear non-citizens will be afraid to answer census questions, lowering numbers. Well, they shouldn't be voting anyway. They're not citizens. Census population figures dictate congressional seat appointment and funds. They have no problem with that at all. They what? Foreign collusion. Foreign collusion. Yeah, that's what it is. Foreign collusion. Times of Israel. Netanyahu says flood of African migrants worse than the Sinai terrorists. Okay, why am I putting an article about Israel here? Is because we're just talking about a wall, weren't we? Prime Minister Netanyahu said the border fence constructed along Israel's border with Egypt is holding back a potential flood of illegal migrants from Africa. Sounds familiar, right? And charged they were worse than terrorists in the Sinai Peninsula. The 242-kilometer Egypt-Israel barrier stretching from the Gaza Strip to Israeli Red Sea resort of Eilat was completed in 2014. The Israeli government hoped it would tackle illegal migration, drug and weapons trafficking, and infiltration by terrorists. Illegal migration slowed to a trickle after it was completed. Terror attacks along the border, where Egypt has been fighting an Islamic State-led insurgency, reportedly with Israeli help, have also become rare. Well, it sounds like the right thing to do then, doesn't it? There you go. Got a lesserick here for you, a joint effort on Les and his wife, Kathy. If your memories you would defeat to watch reruns anew from your seat, Samsung adds to your brain or your thoughts it might drain, like when Satan told Eve to just eat. (laughs) Okay, irony of the week, and uh, we'll be done. I call this crash course, okay, crash course. Before I do, though, 
Rhoda and Sergio video. It's done by Rhoda. It has both of them in there, but she did all of the work. It is very good. It'll be at the end of the video. Please click on that and watch it. Send them an email or make a post so that they know you appreciate them coming back, even if for a short time, and then there will be another episode at the end of that. You will love it, okay? Crash Course. Mail online. Yes, there are people that call themselves Christians that are absolutely insane. (laughs) She wanted us to know that God is real. Mom closes her eyes and accelerates into a utility pool with her two young kids in the back to teach them that religion will protect them. And then she gets arrested. Didn't protect her after all, did it? Yes, you can watch the video. She just slams right into this thing. She said, I just wanted to show them that God will protect them. What an idiot. Anyway, a little ironic there. And then here's one more from Yahoo. Teenage girl fails driving test after crashing car into test center. Yes. Such is the world we live in. So from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is the Superior Word. And before we go... Christ is risen. Risen indeed. indeed. Happy uh, Resurrection Day from the Superior Word.